Are you curious about what it's like working in healthcare today? Do you believe in the power of storytelling? I'm Dr. Emily Silverman, the host of the Nocturnist podcast, where healthcare workers share personal stories of joy, sorrow, and self-discovery. Each episode, whether a compelling performance from one of our live shows, an intimate series of audio diaries from one of our documentaries, or an engaging conversation with guests such as book authors or filmmakers, aims to connect, provoke, and inspire. Learn more at thenocturnist.com or subscribe to The Nocturnist wherever you get your podcasts. As some states start to reopen and ease physical distancing, the message from most experts remains clear. The only true way back to normal is a vaccine. In hopes of getting that as soon as possible, people around the globe are volunteering to be human test subjects, to be intentionally injected with the coronavirus. Now, scientists, top health officials, and pharmaceutical executives are taking very seriously an option that normally would be unthinkable. Today, from the Annenberg Studio at the University of Pennsylvania, we explore how scientists could ethically and safely infect people to speed up the fight against COVID-19. I'm Dan Gorenstein, and this is Tradeoffs. Lahua Gray knows the risks of volunteering to be infected with SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19. It is a disease that doesn't have a cure and is something that could possibly kill you. Me. (laughs) Could possibly kill me. A friend shared a journal article describing what are called human challenge trials, where healthy, young, consenting adult volunteers are intentionally infected to speed up vaccine development. The article suggested this kind of study could shave three months off the time it would take to get a COVID-19 vaccine. Three months would be huge. Three months could save a lot of lives. The 32-year-old weighed the personal cost. She weighed the larger societal benefit and... She volunteered herself for science. Actually, Lahua was among the first few thousand people to sign up through the online advocacy group One Day Sooner back in April. As of May 17th, 23,086 people have now signed up, with numbers growing every day. Seema Shah is a bioethicist at Lurie Children's Hospital of Chicago and one of the world's top experts on when it's okay to put people at risk for the benefit of others. She says infecting volunteers for vaccine research is a common tool under certain conditions. They're typically used when either there's a treatment that you can give people or it's a disease where we know a lot about the disease and how to manage it. Cholera, malaria, influenza. Researchers have five months of data on the coronavirus, meaning little is known about how to protect Lahua or any other human test subject. But Seema says the need for vaccine is so urgent, there's a growing camp of scientists and bioethicists who think this moment warrants a break from standard protocol. We're all looking for a way out of this pandemic. And the thought of a novel, innovative idea that even sounds a little bit crazy the first time you hear it, It sounds like it might be a way out. Not all scientists and ethicists are on board, but that hasn't stopped the idea from catching fire. In April, 35 bipartisan members of Congress urged the FDA to consider challenge trials. Johnson & Johnson told the Financial Times the company would do challenge trials if okayed by ethicists. 
and working groups at the World Health Organization and the National Institutes of Health are now both exploring the issue. Seema, who is part of the WHO group, says much of the excitement has centered on one particular use of intentionally infecting people. You could use challenge studies to replace the step of efficacy testing for a vaccine. Here's the step she's talking about replacing. Normally, researchers recruit thousands of people, give half of them the vaccine, and then let them live their regular lives to see if they're protected from the disease. This can take years. Advocates of challenge trials say you can save three to six months by infecting a few dozen volunteers with the virus, giving half of them the vaccine, and not giving it to the other half, then seeing what happens. If the vaccine works and the researchers are confident it's safe, then it's off to the FDA. This is the home run approach. Or maybe the inside the park home run approach. Instead of the usual deliberate trot around the bases of vaccine development, scientists could sprint home going from a promising candidate to a widely distributed vaccine. But before even stepping into the batter's box, federal regulators have to sign off. In the U.S., the FDA must approve any vaccine, and SEMA says they rarely do that without evidence from the big, time-consuming field trials. They're often concerned about whether giving someone a virus in a non-natural way, um, who's a young, healthy volunteer, is going to tell you enough about how well the vaccine works to then feel confident it's actually going to work in the general population. There are other concerns, too. Scientists would be infecting people with a deadly virus that we don't have a surefire way to treat. And some even question how much time this would save with some vaccines expected to start normal field trials this summer. An FDA spokesperson said any decisions about using challenge trials will be made on a case-by-case basis. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Are you curious about what it's like working in healthcare today? Do you believe in the power of storytelling? I'm Dr. Emily Silverman, the host of the Nocturnist podcast, where healthcare workers share personal stories of joy, sorrow, and self-discovery. Each episode, whether a compelling performance from one of our live shows, an intimate series of audio diaries from one of our documentaries, or an engaging conversation with guests such as book authors or filmmakers, aims to connect, provoke, and inspire. Learn more at thenocturnist.com or subscribe to The Nocturnist wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the conversation over the first few months of the pandemic has focused on this home run approach. But if people are going to be intentionally infected for research, there are a few other uses that experts think are more likely. Sticking with the baseball metaphor here for a second, if replacing field trials with challenge trials is a home run, figuring out how to prioritize the 100-plus vaccine candidates is more like hitting a double. That's a sharply hit ball down the third baseline. 
having 100 potential vaccine candidates is great, um, but it also creates difficulties. Zeb Yamarojic is a physician and bioethicist at the Mon Ash Bioethics Center in Melbourne, Australia. We spoke to him via Zoom. If the first or the second vaccine don't turn out to work, then we need to select among the next 10 vaccines or 20 vaccines that are ready for human testing. Doing each trial one after another, or even all at once, would be really difficult and require tens of thousands of people across the world. We could test 10 or 20 vaccines in a challenge study in a short space of time and decide which three of those vaccines look the most promising, and then to just test those ones. While this still saves some time, regulators would get their traditional big field trial to look at before greenlighting a vaccine for the general public. Then there are reasons we might infect volunteers that feel even further away from finding a vaccine. Approaches where scientists are just trying to get on base. Johns Hopkins vaccine researcher Anna Durbin has developed challenge models for dengue vaccine and is working on one for Zika. She says challenge trials could help us learn more about how immunity works. Can you develop antibodies to COVID-19 that would protect you from another infection with COVID-19 in the future? Scientists could infect people who have already recovered from COVID-19 to see if they get sick again. And if they don't, they could try and figure out what in the body is protecting them. Or they could try to learn more about how the virus spreads. Challenge one person, and then you have an unchallenged person in there and and see if that virus is able to be transmitted. And if so, then, you know, is it just touching surfaces? Um, You know, how close do you have to be? How long do you have to be in contact? Risking your life to study how a disease spreads may feel less glamorous, more like a walk than a home run. Scientists, regulators, and especially the people volunteering to be infected would have to decide whether the possible benefit to society was worth the personal risk. Lahua Gray says she'd need to see a direct line between her role and some kind of game-changing breakthrough. Whatever I was volunteering for, I would want to have some confidence that it was reducing risk to everyone else. Even scientists and ethicists who are wary of challenge trials think we should start preparing for them now so that when the time comes to actually decide if it's worth infecting people like Lahua, we'll be ready. I'm Dan Gornstein. This is Tradeoffs. Cities and businesses around the country are requiring people to wear masks to limit the spread of COVID-19. These policies are meant to keep us safe, but for some people of color, it feels like an invitation for danger. I know we're in a pandemic, but a pandemic isn't stopping racism. Like, it's not put on hold. I still experience these things in addition to the things that we're experiencing now during these frightening times. Wearing a mask while black. Next time on Tradeoffs. The Tradeoffs team is producers Ryan Levy and Vicki Stern, researchers Jamie Song and Emily Patterson, intern Sabrina Ems, sound designer Andrew Perella, and editor Leslie Walker. The Tradeoffs theme song was composed by Ty Sitterman, with additional music this episode from Blue Dot Sessions and Bacon. Additional thanks to Tom Darton, Josh Morrison, Peter Niels, Peter Smith, and the Tradeoffs Advisory Board. Thanks also to our sustaining listeners who help to support our work, including Lori Fiber. If you enjoyed today's episode, leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or whichever app you use. You can keep in touch with us between episodes by following us on Twitter at TradeoffsPod or subscribe to our newsletter at TradeOffs.org. 
Tradeoffs is supported in part by the California Healthcare Foundation, Arnold Ventures, and the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. Additional support from the Leonard Davis Institute of Health Economics and the Center for Public Health Initiatives at the University of Pennsylvania. The views expressed in this episode are those of the individuals and not those of Tradeoff staff, advisors, or funders. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 